Welcome to the Scarleteers podcast, where we talk about our favorite show, Miss Scarlet and the Duke. Welcome back, Scarleteers, to our podcast. Yay! I'm Amanda. I'm Isabel. And I'm Lindsay. And we, this is our 12th episode, so it has been a full year with the podcast. Oh, guys, can you believe it? A year. Wow. I know. I I mean, I think when we started it, oh, it was just like a little pipe dream when we started it. To be doing it a year later is just amazing. I know. We've had so much fun. Yeah, when we hit 12, I'm like, 12? Really? I just, I can't believe it. And here we are. So this this podcast, we are going to celebrate the fans again. And we're talking to four fans who have been Scarleteers and they have helped the Scarleteers become the great, awesome group that we are and that just enjoyed the show. And so first we are talking to Callie Aronis. Am I pronouncing your, la- your name, your last name right? Perfectly. Beautiful. Yes. Thanks. All right. Hey, welcome, Callie. Thank you. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so honored. I was so flattered when you guys asked me. I was like, really? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a modest little podcast. Nobody's listening to it. Just us. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. I don't usually listen to podcasts because I don't, I can't focus on things like that, but this is the only one I will sit and listen to straight through. And I Aww. love it. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it. That's so sweet. Anyhow. Um, yeah, we have a couple of questions for you. Uh, first of all, um, I have to say you are one of our really amazing multi-talented scholars. You do so much. You have a little, uh, William doll that you knitted yourself and you're making videos and you're writing fan fiction. It's like, what aren't you doing? It's, it's just amazing. So, um, my first question is, how did you make that knitted William? And for your videos, what kind of process do you use to make them? So I, um, I had the idea actually from seeing Diana's whole crocheted cast and, I was like, oh, I want a doll too. I want to play with them. So I found, I did some research and I found a pattern from, her name's Magdalene um, on Ravelry. Dolly Delights is her group. So I took the body from a Cordelia pattern and his clothing from the Perfect Gentleman pattern. And I zoomed in a lot, a lot of photos of Stuart Martin and his clothing and everything to try to get it right. And I unraveled the hat a couple of times. I had to redo the pants and put them in the sewing machine, but it was so worth it in the end. I think I got the eye color wrong, but um, I really had fun making him. And he came out a lot bigger than I expected. He's he's probably a little over 12 inches, but um, he's really cute. And I like looking at him. It's fun. I just have to get around to making Eliza. He like stares at me. He's like, when are you starting Eliza? <laughs> <laughs> soon (laughs) how long did it take you to to knit him oh that's a good question I can actually probably look it up I want to say maybe a month or so because I I was having fun so I stuck to working on him straight through usually I'll drop things for a long time and then not go back to them for a while I'm actually looking it up because I'm also curious 
I keep track of everything I make. Here he is. So I started him. Oh, so September 25th and I finished him November 3rd. Oh, that's quick. That is quick. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, I was motivated, I guess, because I wanted to try also the stop motion video um, software with him. And it worked pretty well making the little clips of him walking and they're usually by accident. He's not very well balanced, so he falls over, which is great. He <laughs> so I didn't even have to try really hard with that part. The tipping over was easy. But yeah, it's a good software if anyone wants to try it. It's stop motion and they have it for free for your iPad or devices. And um, you can upgrade to get like the different sound effects and things. So I thought it was worth it for the glass breaking sound to upgrade. Wow. Oh, so how... I know you can watch the videos um, in our group, in the Scholars group on Facebook, but where else can you watch them? So they're they're in my Instagram posts. Um, my Instagram, it's kind of long. It's K-A-L-L-I-O-P-I-A-A. And my account's public. So if anyone's interested in following me or just checking it out, I have knitted projects. I have William videos. I have some other videos with baking, I think also stop motion. So everything's on there. Cool. So everybody should check it out. <laughs> check out Kali's Instagram. Yeah. They're really fun videos. Thank you. Yeah. I like, uh, I have more ideas obviously as I'm knitting Eliza to have him like watching and things like that, but I, there's still not enough time in the day to get it all done. Are you planning on making other dolls? I mean, other than Eliza, other dolls from the cast? I want to. I want to see who stays in season two because, and what the characters will evolve to be. It's hard because they're very big and I'm in an apartment and the yarn and the dolls and the sweaters are taking everything over at this rate. <laughs> so my other thought was make them a whole other version, a lot tinier, and then I could you know make more videos and have them smaller because also it's a little tricky because he is so tall I have to find a space where I can get him to fit on the background I printed out a backdrop of his office so that it looks more authentic I guess but um yeah I just have to see how things go finishing preview nits and then finishing Eliza and then seeing if I want to start from the beginning again on a smaller scale I mean they are so amazing like I do love the videos that you've put together it's not so bad if you have like a blueprint in your head of what you want to happen I don't think I ever even had to redo any of the clips or anything because half of the fun is just seeing how he'll land or collapse and it (laughs) works so I left it (laughs) do you write like a script for the videos or is it just like an idea in your head and then you just go for it The short ones are usually an idea in my head. I did start a script if I do start knitting Eliza where I actually want to add speech bubbles to the whole thing. So they're, they're having like a conversation. Um, I, but it got a little morbid where like her head rolls onto the set. But the body <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I've written some crazy things, but like, do I want to go there with the knitted dolls or not? And then have them freak out. Cause there's, I have a mini version of myself too. So I was actually going to add myself into the story and oh. have them get mad at me for like, just having her head roll up and everything. But <laughs> that one, I do <laughs> have, <laughs> maybe I'll go for it then. It can't hurt if people don't like it. Well, too bad. <laughs> 
Yeah. I think that sounds so funny. Yeah. Okay. And you have to like it. I mean, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's your story. You have to like it if others don't. Well. <laughs> yeah. Don't watch it. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. I can't resist. It's it's too weird of an idea. I have to do it. Okay. So that'll <laughs> be the next, next project. There you go. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and you don't even have to have a finished Eliza for it. Just a head. Yeah, that's true. It's just the ball. Yeah, the head with the eyes. I wanted to do like even her hair, maybe. So it's really creepy. And then I was thinking that movie seven with Brad Pitt and Gwyneth Paltrow. And I'm like, oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> Did I get a little box that's pushing it? <laughs> Push that seven. envelope. Push it. <laughs> that would be funny. I have all these ideas now. I need to write them down after. <laughs> um, so as as uh, Isabel mentioned that it's not just the knitted William you, you've also written a, a whole load of um, fan fiction which has been amazing and I, what I love is that I never know quite what sort of story we're going to get because you've written things that are young William and Eliza and more current and thing you've got your own little timeline going on and everything um what what kind of got you into writing fanfic is that something that you've always sort of done no I didn't even know it existed it was really random I I watched the show and I'm going to be honest I didn't like it at first until of course like episode five and then when it ended, it was like, oh, that's it. And it was during the pandemic, the beginning, and I was, there was nothing really on. I was just tired of TV. And I'm like, all right, who knows when it's coming back? Let me write my own stories for it. And I never wrote anything complete, but it was just little scenes, you know, romantic ones. And I found out I had like 168 pages of just stuff. And my mom's like, what do you keep typing? I'm like, nothing. It's just stories. And she's like, based on what? I'm like, well, that show. And she's like, well, can't you put it somewhere? And I was thinking, oh, maybe that's a thing. And I don't remember. I guess I found the Scarlet Tears group after that. And then I found out that there was fanfiction.net. And I figured no one would want to just read little snippets. So I started to turn them into stories. And then... um it just kind of got out of control and I thought I was going <laughs> to by now. And I keep saying, I'll take a break and I just can't stop typing. So, Well, we love that you can't stop typing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's definitely helped make the, the Scarlow go uh, a little bit quicker. Yeah. It's like, I know I changed their personality so much because I read the other stories and I'm like, wow, it sounds just like them. And then I read mine and I'm like, I keep Americanizing them a little more and more. And and then I'm like, oh, they don't even sound like them. But if people want to read it anyway, I'm I'm so flattered. I think it's more you've kind of taken them and, and kind of get, put your own spin on it. I think that's what I quite like about it. It just it's it's your own little world that you've created with them. It, it it doesn't necessarily bother me too much that I kind of it doesn't follow necessarily how I think the show might go. But in some ways, that's better. Yeah, because I it wouldn't come close. I bet whatever comes in season two is nothing any of us have thought <laughs> yeah. of. Right? Although we should place bets on that. That would be fun. Speaking of season two, what are you most looking forward to in the new season? Well, besides the romance or hopefully something a little more romantic or um, 
probably the new characters. It's really tempting. Like when you see the photos, I already want to start writing about them and I don't even know who they are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I'm mostly, I'm mostly looking forward to that. And then seeing also like from a fan fiction writing perspective, how much I would not scrap my old stories, but start over with new timelines and new themes and, and things like that. Or if there's still ways to integrate old characters that don't reappear into new stories with them. So honestly, I want to watch the show, but I'm more like, Oh, I can write more stories now after it finishes. (laughs) It's a whole new set of people for you to create and make dolls with. Yeah. You know, it's true. Yeah pick them out of a box and be like, okay, I'm writing about you and you today. I think it will definitely be interesting. I'm I'm looking forward to to the kind of new timeline. Like I've always said, oh, I want to finish the timeline of the stories that I created mm-hmm. before season two. I'm not quite going to get there because the last story isn't quite where I want it to be yet. But um, yeah, I think like you say, it's like, what's going to happen? What is the new stories and, and fresh ideas to to keep, keep uh, creating more? Yeah, yeah, because I had in the the my original timeline, I call it from the fanfiction.net stories. Mm-hmm. I even wrote them dying, like I had them up to their 90s or something. And, and I have all these outlines for more stories. And then when I realized I could put mature content on AO3, I was kind of like, push all that aside and start fresh. So it's like, they're falling in love over and over and over again. And it, it does, it gets crazy. But um. Endless yeah, possibilities. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why it's such a great show that you can write fan fiction for. She really didn't give much about them, like just enough where you can write and add so much of your own, so many of your own ideas and your own speculations. Because she, Rachel is so vague about them. So that's also another thing for season two. I want to know more about William's past. I think that's a big thing for most fans to get a backstory for William. Yeah, I'd agree. I think mm-hmm. he's quite a vague character still, so it would be nice. It'd be yeah. interesting to see how much that how much they did grow up together because it's always a bit of a fan speculation how much um Eliza and William what age they kind of really did meet and how young they both were because you know they often say oh they're like brother and sister and they grew up together and you think okay how did how how does that work? Yeah, I- I wonder, I, I think maybe they didn't, I, I wrote them knowing each other really well, obviously, but mm-hmm. I'm wondering if they didn't maybe in the show, it's it's confusing, but I wonder how much Rachel thought we would nitpick through everything too, and <laughs> find all these pickles. so it's like she probably, like, I know when I write, I just, for whatever I'm thinking down, and then people write things in the comments like, oh, you did it because of this and that, and I'm like, no, it sounded good in my head, I don't have it me ulterior motive I was just writing so now I'm more I'm more conscious of what I'm um, putting down to make sure it makes sense and if someone reads it will they see a double meaning in it even though I'm not that deep so (laughs) being careful I'm I'm sure I I do agree with you I do wonder what how much Rachel kind of thought fans would would kind of really go oh that's really important and but it's nice yeah. it gives us lots of different perspectives to look at yeah and we had so much time to go through it and watch them over and over again <laughs> yep. yeah so, too much time but I know I'm going to read all the spoilers first because England's getting it in June right yep. or, yeah. yeah 
Yeah, I'm going to read everything. I don't care. I, I, I'm i the type of person who reads the last page of the book first. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to wait. Lindsay, if I can Skype you or Zoom you or something, <laughs> tell me everything that happens and then write spoilers. I'll read it all. <laughs> Feel free. I think a few people might be messaging me going, what's happened? How's it going? <laughs> no. you, need, you need to film clips of it onto your phone or something. <laughs> <laughs> to, is I, that I wouldn't want to spoil it for anybody. No, that's the fun part. And then when you watch it, you piece it all together and you're like, oh, that's what it meant. I'll just send you random clips and, and there you go. your own speculation for <laughs> it. Shall I? Yes. Oh my gosh, that would be so much fun. Random phrases from it and we'll all be like, is that just like an offhand comment or does it mean something more or is it worth it? <laughs> well, Here's I remember. You tell me who, who, who said it. Well, I remember yeah. the British people always going on about the boiled egg, the hard boiled egg. And I was like, I don't get it, guys. <laughs> and then when we saw it, I was like, oh, I get it. So I think there's going to be a lot of that. Like, yeah, so that's... just say hard boiled egg, you U.S it's just hard-boiled egg. Like, oh, all right. Okay, hard-boiled egg moment. So. Is there another hard-boiled egg moment? I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll take a note. Say hard-boiled egg. That'll be the key phrase. Hard-boiled uh-huh. egg. Uh-huh. I love it's it. Like knock on the door. It's like hard-boiled egg is the password. Let me in. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, that's cute. I should knit an egg, actually. That would be fun. Yes. 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 I'm going to write yes. that down. <laughs> it's kind of too because I cook and bake a lot and for the life of me I still can't make hard-boiled eggs and I don't know why they always come out disgusting yes <laughs> finally somebody <laughs> <laughs> I, I did I always thought it was a really tough ask of Rachel to make Eliza kind of cook a boiled egg because you can't tell when they're done no you can't it's, it's yes. impossible yes yeah. you can no yes you can I can't honestly every I used to during lockdown I'd um, make a boiled egg for lunch and have like a zoom call with my mum and I swear every time it was cooked different (laughs) I can't eight minutes every time every time it's eight minutes and sometimes it comes out like it's completely destroyed other times it's still really runny I was like what am I doing wrong he had they had it in for what three minutes was it in the show i forget but it would be raw at that point well i suppose he maybe he meant three more minutes oh okay now of course i have to watch it over again (laughs) yes Yes. get on that and let us know okay so when is the scarlet tears cookbook coming out it'll just be (laughs) hard-boiled egg recipes (laughs) oh we we got everybody like some like easy recipes that even Eliza could cook. How about that? Oh, that's the title, Lindsay. Even Eliza can cook. That's yeah. <laughs> On your shelves for December, Christmas, uh, 2023. 20, uh-huh. 20, Maybe a cucumber sandwich. That sounds yeah. easy enough. There you yeah. go. And, and very Victorian. They love their cucumber sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah. They? yeah. That- that could also be the next fan fiction challenge, Eliza in the kitchen scenes or something. <laughs> yeah, write that Definitely. one down. Yeah. Well, Callie, this was an amazing chat, and we appreciate you as a Scarletier member and a fan of the show. 
Uh, thank you. I'm, I'm so honored. And I, I love hanging out with all of you guys and writing all the, writing all the other Scarlet Tears. It's like I have a whole new bunch of friends and I've never met them in person. <laughs> <laughs> well, we love you being a part of our group and you bring so much to it with the fan fiction and your William videos. So um, listeners, check out her fan fiction, check out her videos. Join the group to see both or find her on her media. She told you how. So thank you. Stay posted for more videos and stories. Thanks. Okay. Now for our next half, we have two other fans and Scarleteers. They are two fantastic women that have been part of our group and have been keeping us entertained through the Scarlet. Jen W. and Sally M. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. you. Great to be here. It's nice to be here. (laughs) We're happy to have you. Thanks for that very lovely introduction. No problem. We love you guys. Thank you. So um, we're kind of here to kind of talk about our our latest fan fiction um, spring flash fiction challenge. Uh, that we want to kind of share with everybody and uh, but before we do that uh, Jen do you want to talk to us about our previous one the mistletoe berries? Sure around Christmas time Trina who is another scarleteer who likes to write fan fiction as well had thought it would be fun to write holiday stories um, that involved a kiss between any two characters on the show and People could write a short story up to a maximum of 3,000 words and up to a maximum of three stories. And um, we had for that um, challenge, we had seven writers who came up with 14 stories and they were due maybe about a week before Christmas. And then they got posted on December 23rd to the Scarleteers website and um, one story was dropped every hour and it seemed like that was, it wasn't very enjoyable for the people who wrote stories, but I think it was also enjoyable for the readers and I think it went over really well. And so we thought about doing a similar challenge for the spring. It does. I, I totally agree. It was, a, a, as a writer, it was really lovely to write and and quite freeing when you only had a, a tiny little prompt and also again, reading everybody's different ideas from that same prompt was, was really fun. Yeah. I think in general, I think Trina might have said that almost all of the kisses were between William and Eliza, um, if not all of them, but um, there may have been some other kisses, but it was um, involved um, kisses under the mistletoe, which was very holiday related. And so it was really enjoyable and fun. And it was nice to, um, know that people were reading the stories and enjoying them and giving us feedback too, because they were also posted or at least links to the stories were posted on the Facebook page as well around that time. So our new one is the spring flash fiction challenge. Um, Sally, do you want to tell us how that idea came up and and what it is? Absolutely. Um, So we, we, after that challenge, we thought, well, gosh, gosh, what else could we do? It'd be fun to try something else um, just to fill this time with the Scarlet that we have. Um, and we knew the timeline at the time anyway, was the show was going to be released in the fall. So, wow, we have this huge chunk of time. So maybe try a short challenge in the spring 
and then a longer one over the summer. And that again was before we knew that this is going to the show was going to be released um, in June. Um, so the, the the idea was this flash fiction challenge, and and kind of we proposed it to this group of writers that we have um, through this mistletoe berries group. We now have a group on through Facebook and have been writing to each other a lot actually, and it's been really a supportive, wonderful group as we we've gone along in our other stories. Um, so this this came up. I, I threw the idea out, and and people liked it. And I threw, I, I wasn't sure how long we should do it. We tried sort of 150 words, sort of a mini mystery type thing to 250 words. And then we ended up on 500 words. And the idea was to have a phrase from the show or a photo. So that would inspire the writers. So that was the idea. And we really wanted to include the other scholars in this whole process. So I posted something on the Facebook group. We ended up receiving 40 suggestions or submissions of phrases and um, 25 photo suggestions. And, so, and I think we could have, if we had left it open, we could have done m- many more times that. There's just so many great, great shots and great um, lines and dialogue. That yeah, we could have chosen exactly. from. It was really hard to choose. So this group of writers, um, the seven of us, narrowed it down to 10 phrases and five photos. And then the entire Scar- Scarleteers voted again, and we ended up with four different prompts, two photos and two phrases. And the two photos were one of William from episode six and a photo of Eliza reading a letter also from episode six. And then the two phrases were, must you disagree with everything that I say from episode five? And I'm not leaving, I'm not leaving you also from episode five, which is a coincidence. Um, so we had those four prompts and then the writers had time to use those as inspiration to write their stories. The idea of using the phrases as part of the story themselves and then the photos as just the, for the inspiration. Everybody did so well and we had such fun with it that we added a bonus challenge using all four of the prompts in one story, which I think was a pretty good challenge and quite a few people jumped in on that as well, which was quite fun. Keeping the maximum word count though at 500 words per short story or snapshot so or vignette so yes uh, so the last one was quite a challenge trying to fit in two phrases and two photos in 500 words so that was a good bonus challenge it was and just overall I think it was a challenge for everybody I mean we're all used to writing far more than that um I mean the the mistletoe barriers was 3,000 words and then to go down to 500 uh, but it really makes you think about every single word and since you have the vision in your head of the characters, that helps. You don't have to do as much description. One of mine I actually did was sort of a mini mystery. Um, I think a lot of them were more just shots from um, different scenes. And um, so it was, it's a, it'll be a nice mix. And I'm really looking forward to having them all posted on the website so everybody could enjoy them and see them. Totally. It was, it was definitely a challenge for me. I, I do like my words. And I did a first draft of my one and I didn't have a word count because I was just doing it on my phone while I was in the car and uh, I should say I wasn't driving my husband was driving (laughs) but we were traveling and I was just writing on my phone and I thought yeah that's pretty short that's pretty good and when I finally got it into be able to see the word count it was like 750 words and I was like no (laughs) how do I lose like 250 words so yeah it was it's a it's a definitely a good challenge as a writer to kind of condense your work is enlightening for me. Yeah, definitely. And the whole process was very much a team effort. I, I think it, that was a, such the fun part of this mm. is that 
we've all been supporting each other on on the Facebook page to help with editing and uh, other people are reading each other's stories and that has been really helpful um, mm. for me. Jen is my, my, my reader. So I always appreciate the, the extra. Sally is my reader too. And she, she has great suggestions and makes me look at things differently. So that's been helpful. I think that's been helpful for everyone in the group is um, having somebody else read their work and give them suggestions and also encouragement to say, you know, I really like this part and that, I think spurs you on to keep going. Yeah. And I think we're all, I think we all need a little encouragement. And yeah, uh, definitely. so that's the good part. Yeah. It's I think definitely we're all a lovely kind of little writers group that we've, we've almost created, which is a very lovely, friendly, supportive little group of people, which is nice. Mm-hmm. But we've also had people who aren't a part of that group who have also submitted some stories, which is lovely because I think right. encouraging people to, to write, their own stories as well because I think we've had one brand new writer who's never written fan fiction before mm-hmm. and it was lovely that that this gave them the opportunity to explore that right and then we've Absolutely. got is it three other writers who didn't write for mistletoe berries so in terms of like how people can read them uh, we're going to launch them today as of this is Friday I should say that because obviously we're not recording this on Friday but Friday this 6th of May the website, uh, the stories will all be on the website for everybody to read. We're going to launch them throughout the day on Friday. So they're all going to be launched by prompt. So depending on which writers decided which story they're going to go with. So, uh, for example, if somebody used the prompt, you must disagree. Must you disagree with everything that I say? All the stories that use that prompt will kind of be launched at one point and then the next ones will be I'm not leaving you, for example. So they will all be ready for reading on Friday, the 6th of May. And how can you read them? Where can you go to? Well, if you don't know already, uh, the website is scarleteers.wordpress.com. And uh, you should also see our Facebook posts, tweets, Instagram posts. So as of Friday, you will not be able to miss these stories. Thanks for all the work that you've done, Lindsay. That's yeah. All those. It's been a lot it's it's been a, a, an interesting learning curve I've I've enjoyed it and I think the other nice thing is that you know later on um they will also appear on the individual writers pages on yes. the fan fiction sites so that there's that option as well to catch the stories um although they won't be all grouped together uh, under a prompt they'll just be on our individual pages but that's also a nice feature and I, I did notice, I have to say it, I did notice a, an increase in traffic after the mistletoe berry stories were posted. I, I would imagine that the, you two also had the same experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, definitely. It's, it's, I, I thought things would kind of slow down, but definitely seems to have picked up again, people leaving comments and, and things on stories, which is lovely. It's always great encouragement when you're a writer for, for people who have just left a little note saying, yeah, I really enjoyed your story. It keeps us writing. It's very true. I'll second that. <laughs> Thank you to those who do that because it does make a difference, especially when you're writing the story for the first time and you're kind of posting it, having no idea what's going to happen and whether people are going to read it at all. But it's been really quite wonderful to have the response that we've had. Yeah, I can add that um, the Mistletoe Berries challenge and the fan fictions on the page on our website um, have been a really big success as well for the website because um, for a website, it's always important to get a lot of views 
like you need a lot of visitors on the website and then Google will uh, rank your website higher. So that's always important. And that's what we always try to achieve with new content and the idea for the fan fiction challenge. And here goes my big shout out to Trina and huge thank you for the idea and for like organizing the first challenge. Yeah. Um, because it brought a lot of visitors to the website. And I think um, once they discovered the website, they started clicking on other articles that we have, information on Team Scarlet and um, Victorian Life. There's so much content on it. And it, it really shows. And it still, like, um, all these stories were posted almost half a year ago, and they still um, create a lot of traffic for the website. I can give you... I know it's just numbers and not everybody is interested in stats, <laughs> but I can give you a little stats we had since we launched the website last year in September. I think um, we had almost 17,000 views. Um, WordPress um, makes um, or distinguishes between views and visitors. So view is um, every time you click on a different part of the website, it's a few and you're just one visitor, for example. So uh, 17,000 views and almost 2,000 of these are on the Mistletoe Berries website, which links the individual stories. So that's that's really a lot. And then um, you have lots of views for the different stories as well. And as I said, even today, they create a lot of traffic for the website. So thank you for that. <laughs> that's great. It's great to know that's yeah. succeeding. That's yeah. yeah. And that people are enjoying it. Yeah. Yep. Hopefully. I mean, they keep coming back. So I assume <laughs> yeah. they enjoy it. Yeah. Like, That's crap. <laughs> so yeah. And I'm, I'm looking forward to what the new stories will do. And I hope we can maybe for the next Scala, again, I'm thinking about the next Scala already. <laughs> um, maybe can have more fan fiction challenges or so on for the website as well and for, for the Scala tiers, of course. Definitely. Uh, we have lots of ideas already for other challenges. So there's no shortage of those. Yes. And I'm still working on my, like, this is, this is like the announcement. Only Lindsay knows this, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm actually, I, I came up with an idea for the mistletoe berry story last year, but I'm still working on it. So maybe it will be done by next Christmas. Maybe we can do another Christmas challenge next christmas so i can enter my story <laughs> ah yeah, so yes the more the yes. merrier <laughs> love to have other people join in well i think that the the first mistletoe berries was such a fun thing to do and such a big success that the thought was to, to do it annually like to do it every year um so i think there might be a second one in the works isabel and so ah. get ready awesome <laughs> get ready for my story <laughs> <laughs> Well, good. And, and who knows with season two, we, you know, we may have a, an actual kiss to work on. Ooh. Fingers crossed. We, we can, but hope. Yes. We've got that big dollop of romance. Exactly. We've all been wondering how big is a big dollop of romance? So, hmm. well, you know, we'll uh, hopefully have a few more boiled egg moments. That would be good. <laughs> <laughs> and yes. who knows who the romance will be between? I mean, I'm still hoping yeah. for Mr. Potts and Ivy. <laughs> yes, exactly. yes. Yeah. It could be. It could be. That would be very cute. I have totally I manifested was... this in my mind. Me too. It would be good yeah. for both of them. So. 
It just has to happen. I refuse any other possibility. <laughs> well, speaking of the writing and the fanfic writing, Jen, what inspired you to start the writing of fanfic for Miss Scarlet and the Duke? So I had never written fan fiction before and I had not read fan fiction before, but um, I think I started writing about a year ago and it was, I was inspired by a prompt or a post on the Facebook page. And it was, what would you like to see happen in season two? And people came up with some really great ideas, but the one that sort of inspired me to write my first story was what would it take for Eliza to admit to William how much he means to her? And somebody had suggested that William is gravely injured or shot. And um, she decides that that is the moment because she doesn't know if he's going to live or die to tell him how much he means to her. And so I sort of took that idea and went with it. And that was my first story, which was, which was written last April, April, of 2021 and it was called a second shot and I just had so much fun thinking about you know what would it take for Eliza to admit how much she cares about him and then gradually I've had other ideas and whenever I've had an idea I've I've kept going but um that's kind of how I got started and a lot of what I write about is their relationship more than the mystery part of it so Sally, what inspired or got you into writing fanfic for Miss Carter and the Duke? I just wasn't ready to let the characters go, I guess, um, and joined the Scarleteers and saw that people were posting about writing on the Facebook group page. And I, I hadn't ever written, just like with Jen, I hadn't ever written any kind of fanfiction before. I'd read some, but probably 10 years before, I had never thought of doing it. Um, so I just started writing like the, the characters really grabbed me. Um, and I thought, oh gosh, with Clara going back to her home now that she was now an owner of that house, what would happen if she went back and something bad happened to where she was and she asked Eliza for help. So I just kind of went off from there and had fun imagining Eliza going off to this town and, having Moses jumping in and um, Tilly and Rupert and um, of course, William as part of it. And he showed up in there too. So it just, it just kind of went <laughs> off in there. Um, and I, I thought I would kind you of, know, William. he just happened to be in there. <laughs> no, not exactly. <laughs> Secondary character, of course. No, I'm kidding. He, he was surprised to find Eliza where she was and that she was, I, I don't want to give it away. You can go back. It's called killing the angels. So I just thought, I just thought I would sort of burn myself out and like, okay, I'll be, do that. And then I'll be done. And then, and then someone posted something about Frank, like, what would happen if Frank escaped from prison? Like, oh no, now I've got to write a whole nother story. So then I wrote a whole nother story and that was like double the length and ended up being 51 chapters. And it just kind of, it's such a great escape. It's so fun. The characters are such fun to have in your head. And I just love the challenge, too, of coming up with a mystery and, and thinking about what they could be working on and some of the new characters that I could introduce into the entire um, endeavor. So, yeah, it's just been, it's been such a, a pleasure. And now I've sort of gone on and um, done other work, too, which has been really fun. 
I think the thing is, there's so much that we don't know about Miss Scarlett and the Duke, um, like what their past together is. Um, we don't even know how they first meet. And so there's a lot of fertile ground for the imagination and um, coming up with stories of, well, how did they meet? And what was their relationship like when they were teenagers? And also where it could go from where it ends at the end of the first season. Um, you know, what does their relationship become? So there's definitely a lot of ground that can still be covered and that people can just write stories from based on what they imagine could potentially happen or has happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the time period too is so interesting. It's not a a time period that I um, had known much about. So digging into some of the research has been really fun and unexpected, unexpected uh, for me. Um, And I've switched over. You guys actually were so sweet. You read my letter at the last fan um, podcast. Um, and I had mentioned that I was starting to write based, uh, um, somewhat in the U S where near where I live and I've continued to do that, but also keeping doing this other fan fiction, but the, the fan fiction, it's just, cause it's such a, it's so fun, um, to do. And we have such a nice community. That's good. It's such good practice for writing. And the more you write, the better you get. Um, and I think that's important. I, I, I like that challenge of it. And then obviously the curiosity too, with learning about a whole new time period and and different places and and sort of how to incorporate some of those things into my writing um, and digging into what was happening at the time with technology and um, different types of laws that were around the books and all kinds of things. It's definitely, I find like it's a very safe environment to practice because we do kind of know a lot about William and Eliza and how they are in that moment but like you say we don't know a lot about the past and so there's a lot you can kind of put your imagination to it's a very mm-hmm. kind of safe environment but it's in and lovely lovely feedback from everybody um who's who's written and read the stories as well which is I think it, it for me it just it gives a really nice confidence boost that you kind of go yeah I can write a good story so um going from there from from our like fan fiction that you wrote I will write I am writing <laughs> good keep going as well we want to encourage you about season two uh, season one um what are you most looking forward to for season two for me personally I am hoping to find out more about William's past because I'm very curious to know how he goes from being essentially a street urchin to being, you know, a well-respected, competent, stylish, dapper, mm-hmm. handsome <laughs> detective inspector of Scotland Yard who, you know, was on the launch pad to move up to being a chief inspector, except, you know, he ran into Sterling and, you know, the ex-army officers that are above him. So for me, I'm kind of curious to know what his what his roots are, what his past is, why he was a street urchin, and then how he sort of makes the transition. But I also am interested in, you know, how do William and Eliza take um, the growth that they have experienced in the first season? And how do they continue to grow together and change together? Um, And then the last thing I'm really hoping that we see is that William sort of takes on a role 
like Henry had for him so that he becomes a mentor and pays it forward to someone else the way that Henry gave it to him. So that's what I would like to see. I'm not sure we'll get all of that, but <laughs> I guess I'd like to see maybe the start of it. Like I think it, and I, so we have this new character of Oliver Fitzroy and we don't quite know yet who he is and what William's relationship is going to be like with him. But I guess I hope it's a mentorship um, relationship where he actually does pay forward some of what Henry gave to him. I think that sounds like a lovely idea. And I think William would, would, be quite a good mentor if he can keep his uh, temp- temper in check. Exactly. Yes, yes. But it's interesting because you know, there's this part of me that wonders what will William be like when he feels more sure of himself, like when he feels like he's worthy and he feels more sure of Eliza. Is he as, um, you know, blustery? Does he have as much of a temper? Or does he settle down a little bit because he? he doesn't have to be that way. He's not as on edge. Feels more confident in his. Yeah, exactly. That's a, that's a great way to say it. He's more confident. And so does he, does he sort of mellow out a little bit? It definitely feels like in season one, he's starting to mellow out once Eliza kind of stops pushing quite so hard on him. So it will definitely be interesting to see where that growth takes him for season Mm -hmm. two. Yeah, I agree. And he, he ends up kind of isolated at, at the end there where he doesn't have Frank anymore. And, and we know there's not you know, new characters that are not coming or there's characters that are not coming back. Um, so he's going to kind of need to rebuild his team of people, um, mm-hmm. which I look forward to. I look forward to seeing if they can come up with how, how that'll happen, because I assume that that will happen somehow. Um, and then how Eliza will also build her own team. Um, with Moses and Ivy and then going going from there there's there's a lot of new characters for that especially for that first episode um so it's I'm really really curious so much looking forward so much to look forward to right and just in general just as Jen was saying just the back and forth between Eliza and William I'm looking forward to so much of that how they continue to build and grow together together yeah and individually and individually and I'm also really curious to know who Monroe is from William's past, or is he from William's past? But I have a feeling he is. I mean, he's a Scotsman, so it seems likely. Yeah, Could be. yeah, because yeah. there's a, there's Salisbury, there's Monroe, there's mm-hmm. Oliver, and mm-hmm. Detective mm-hmm. Phelps. So there's yep. quite a few people in there that have potential for working with him, if not all of them, mm-hmm. or against. Totally. What's it's- that? Or against. Or against. Yeah, yeah. That's... You know, if, if Monroe is an unsavory character from William's yeah. past. So. He's in every single episode. So I I just feel like probably not, but maybe. Who knows? You know, And then we have Joseph live. Sims that pops up. In Long the last... lost relative. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Could be. Could be. Yeah. It's a big mystery. I know. Well, we know a little bit. I, I love the way that they describe how it's going to be just the... I think it was Rachel who said it's going to be a lot more fun. The relationship continues to simmer, which I love because, of course, you have to think about the eggs boiling. Mm. Yep. Oh, yes. <laughs> and then Kate had said something about it. it feels richer and more playful. I love the idea of the two of them being playful together. That was definitely came across in that last episode and looking forward to more of that. Yeah. We all agree. Sexy banter. 
sexy yes. banter. Yes. Sexy banter. Well, Send ladies, it was a joy to talk to you, and we can't wait to read your flash fiction that'll be out. And if anyone hasn't read The Mistletoe Berries, that'll be there to read as yes. well. And we appreciate all you do for Scarlet Tears and to get us through this scar lull. And we appreciate you, ladies. Thank you so much well, for having us. Yeah. Thanks for having us. It, it was really fun. And it was fun to talk with you guys and also think about, you know, what we might see in us too, season two. Um, so thanks for having us. It was a blast. Thank and you. Well, thanks for your time. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. Thank Bye. you. All right. Bye. Take care. Okay. We are going on to our next part of the podcast. It is with another Scarlet Tears. She is also helping us through this scar lull. She has been a member since the beginning. It is Miss Georgina, and she is here to talk about the finer aspects of Miss Scarlet and the Duke, the romance part of Miss Scarlet and the Duke. So, welcome, Georgina. Hello, guys. We're going to talk about the romance. We often talk about the mystery and the fighting and just the cases the nitty-gritty of Eliza and William but we have often pushed the romance a little bit to the side but this is the year end of the podcast we've been in the podcast for a year and we are all about the fans for this episode and the fans love the romance. So we want to end this podcast on the romance of Eliza and William. So what do you enjoy about the elements of romance in Miss Scarlet and the Duke? What, what draws you in that you find so special? I think with William and Eliza. Um, so when I first started um, watching series one uh way back in the midst of the first lockdown <laughs> um in, in in the uk um the first thing that hit me as i watched the series was there were many things that really connected to me that i was also reading in romance as as a romance reader um so the first thing really was their first meeting in in episode one where you see will he's obviously shaving he's not clearly working as hard as he should be <laughs> and then Eliza comes in and she's like William <laughs> okay and then the way that she um keeps saying you know my father's went missing last night and he's like oh I'm sure he's you know out and she's like no he's a retired police officer <laughs> and then when she told obviously she just looks at those pictures and then basically says who has murdered this guy in front in front of him and that just said that is straight out of like so many romances that I've read um just the chemistry and also the banter I suppose we would say banter just the uh the back and forth between them that continues um throughout the series um I mean I love um another was episode two when obviously she fakes being his wife um, <laughs> uh to see Mr Pop <laughs> to get into the the mortuary um and that's still one of my favorite scenes definitely in probably in the show because it's just so funny um but the minute I had Mr. Potts thing 
um, oh, it's even more unusual that they bring his wife. And I was like, ah, Elias. <laughs> um, made because actually in romance, a lot of it is almost disguise or teaming up together, whether happily to do that or reluctantly, which often in the case, and then sort of events ensue. <laughs> um, so that really uh, struck me. And there was a lot of, um, I mean, the fact that they were childhood friends, but they kind of are still not sure about each other. So there's a lot of enemies to lovers, I, I think, uh, which again is a major, um, in romance, there's a lot of what we call tropes. So things that you will find in, in, in a romance. Um, so the enemies to lovers, and again, that chemistry, the back and forth, when are they going to relent? I, I think is a lot in um there. And then also forced proximity, when they end up spending a lot of time together, um, in episode five and six, they, they're forced to be together. That is a major romance trope as well. That happens a lot in, in romance. And I do think that um, Kate and Stuart just really act on that. As I said, they have such good chemistry, which is, of course, you know, I think a major, it, it makes such a big part of the show. But it's really interesting, just so many things. Um, and I also think the fact that Eliza is a woman going against the grain. Because again, as a romance reader, particularly in historical romance, um, there has been a big, I'd say, really big surge in certainly the last 10 years of kind of trying to, to widen the, the the range of romance heroines, especially. Um, just because in the past, it was, I suppose, what we get the term bodice whipper. Or ripper, I should say. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know the Fabio stereotype, very much <laughs> like the woman, the clinch cover, yeah, yeah. and of course, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but I think in a lot of historical romance, there's been a really big move to kind of making the, I think both characters really, but especially with the the female, the the heroine that she's she's developed, she maybe has a backstory, um, she's flawed, and she's going against the grain. She's kind of not doing, or she's doing what you know, a woman isn't supposed to do in in society. So, I mean, I think Eli's obviously trying to be a detective as well. Like in a way she could come, I think, straight out of a lot of like romance novels that are now coming out at the moment. So I suppose that's, <laughs> that's my initial. <laughs> <laughs> Good initial answer. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, you mentioned like a romance novel always has um, a heroine, And what do you think, or why do you think Eliza makes a good one? I think it's it's many aspects to her personality. I think again, she's very stubborn, um, and that is in a that's a very actually big quality in a lot of I think heroines. Um, she's very determined. Uh, she doesn't give up. I think even when it seems hopeless, and um, you see that in a lot of. It's funny because. A lot of people say, "What what is a romance novel?" Um, and the guarantee is the 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 um, H E A that the happily ever after. But it's how they're going to get there that's interesting. <laughs> and I think as a heroine, you go through many obstacles. There's kind of like what we often say in romance is a third act breakup. There's always some drama that happens in the last forty percent, and you're like, "Oh no, what's going to happen?" <laughs> Even though you <laughs> make the ending. And so Eliza really reminds me. Uh, um, very much of that and again just trying to do things that you know uh, she's not apparently supposed to do and even though she still finds ways to 
battle through and and to prove her worth as well. And I think I, I, I think it really connects, especially in historical romance, because that's kind of really been, again, a major theme um, of sort of showing a lot of heroines um, sort of kind of coming through. But I would also say I like is that she's flawed as well. She's not perfect. She does make mistakes. Um, and again, I think with a lot of recent romance, it's kind of tr- trying to have more multidimensional heroines. So they're not perfect and they have things to work through before they get their happy ending, so to speak. So I think it's all those things combined together that, that really makes her a good, a good heroine. And and also kind of, I think the two the two of them together, for me, I'm like, if it was just Eliza and working through hers without William, I'd probably be a bit less interested. And again, if the story was more about William and less about Eliza, it needs the two of them to kind of gel and and give it that that something that that spark oh yeah uh, I absolutely um agree I think I mean one thing I'd say when I read a lot of romance is if they if there isn't really sort of a good plot if the characters are not interesting you know it's it's not going to be a romance I'm going to stick with mm-hmm. um because I mean I've read somewhere it's literally um just you know there's there's nothing you get bored bored very quickly and I think it's very much what makes Eliza's character is is very key to the show. And I, I agree, you couldn't do, yes, it's Miss Scarlet and the Duke, but you, you couldn't do it without Eliza. Um, she's kind of really essential to, to, to the whole, the whole show. Yeah. And, and, and William too, in, in a way, I think he's, he's, they're, they're mirror images of each other uh, mm. in, in that sense. I think William is also quite a flawed character and, I found it quite interesting. One thing I've always said is that when I first watched it, I very much took Eliza's side in all of it. I very much loved her journey. And then on rewatching, I kind of was like, oh, perhaps William's not quite a shouty Scott as I thought. Actually, she's really annoying him. And that's kind of why. And and rewatching has almost made falling in love with these two characters and all the rest of the characters in, in the show such a pleasure. Oh, de- definitely. I think with William, the fact that he is flawed, um, again, yeah, when you first meet him, and I kind of like that Rachel wanted to show that, you know, that obviously they're reflecting the attitudes of the day. I think, yes, that there were maybe some men who, you know, did see women as equal. I suppose you had people like John Stuart Mill, but a lot of men would and probably still do, <laughs> but then would have shared a lot of William's assumptions and, and, and prejudice. So again, I like the fact that he goes on a journey. And I think that's very true in romance. Um, and I think sometimes that's why I get a bit annoyed that it kind of doesn't always get respect because both characters or both couples or or any other, I mean, because if you want, you know, you could have any kind of group in romance, but they all go through their own development. Um, and I mean, William reminds me a lot of, so in romance, we say alpha. He's like a real alpha. He's like, oh. um and then as the series goes on he he really you start to see it's almost like yeah that his characters peel back and you start to see his vulnerability and you start to see um his doubts as well um I mean I I really like the uh obviously with the police um being inspector but kind of that promotion still not quite being out of reach because of his class and that's actually quite a key thing in um in romance actually that a lot of historical romance do tackle is like the class difference um is actually quite you know major whether one of them is working class and one of them is from the aristocracy (laughs) um so and there's a lot where you do get like there's an aristocratic lady and a working class hero or vice versa um so I think William again really 
reflects that that he's not just again just like a an alpha and go you know that there aren't any sides to him <laughs> sorry i don't know if i'm doing the best representation of an alpha <laughs> <laughs> It's interesting what you say about the class difference, because I think it's it's nice that there is a class difference between William and Eliza, but it's not so vast that you think this is an impossible relationship. Uh, yeah, I did wonder if if she is because um, to me, I, I think maybe is she kind of middle class or upper middle class? Because I'm always curious with um with Rupert, and Mrs. Parker, because obviously they own a lot of property. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But what I find interesting is are they are they kind of they're not they don't really maybe seem to be aristocracy but is it possibly new money a few generations but it's interesting how even with that there are kind of distinctions um and so it I mean the fact that they say lady they do so but I did wonder is she actually a lady but or is she just kind of upper upper middle class but the fact that clearly everyone calls her that it's almost even this it's interesting how almost even the slightest difference of class was like a big thing <laughs> um, mm-hmm. which I find really interesting uh but then I think Eliza although she's middle class I mean maybe because her father obviously was a police officer did he obviously experience clearly the darker sides of society and maybe she had a bit more sort of being open to the world or kind of experiencing some more things than maybe the typical lady would have done because obviously a lot of in I mean in romance a a massive thing is the sheltered lady that you know she's not experienced anything and then she becomes a Unleashed. Kind of thing. And I don't know. I'm kind of Eliza a little bit to that. I, I don't know if she's a. I don't. It's kind of the. I don't know if you've seen obviously Bridgerton, the first the first series, which was Daphne yes. who didn't know anything. Yeah. And she was like, oh my god, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so obviously, I feel like Eliza, although she's maybe not experienced in in love, she's clearly actually quite aware of of society in the world, and I think she mixes with with different classes, which would be unusual. I think maybe for especially for a woman that maybe she would have been kept quite sheltered, but that she has this instinct and seems to connect actually with a lot of people from different classes, which I think is not an easy skill, actually. Mm-hmm. I think even today people struggle with um, some people who even are working class and they have to go to maybe somewhere that's upper class, maybe in the in the UK. I think it, it can be very difficult for some people to mix and, and get used to that. But she kind of navigates between the classes like with ease, which I think is really interesting. Totally. Um, so you spoke a lot about romance books. Are there any romance books that you've read that you think um, other Miss Scarlet fans might also enjoy? Um, I have, actually. I have my list ready. <laughs> <laughs> I have a pencil and a piece of paper, too. <laughs> um, well, so the first one I wanted to highlight, also because this author is German, Isabel, so I wanted to include a German. Ooh. Um, it's uh, she's called Evie Dunmore. Um, so she has written a historical series called uh, so the first in, in, in the series is Bringing Down the Duke, um, which came out maybe about three years ago. Um, and it's uh, so it's it's really especially for any um, Scarleteer who loved the suffragette episode. So it's about a group of women who are among the first female students to go to Oxford um, in the Victorian era. And as part of being the first female students, they have to join a suffragette group to try and help the suffragette movement. And they are sort of recruited to try and gain influential men to champion the movement. Um, And so the uh, heroine Annabelle, 
who is a classics student, wants to do classics. Uh, she's kind of working class, so I think her father was a vicar, um, but she has a complicated past. Um, she ends up targeting, unexpectedly, Sebastian Devereaux. See, that's a romance name right there. <laughs> one of the most powerful dukes in, in, in England. Um, and so she has to try go to his estate, but she ends up struggling because there's an attraction there. But she's like, what do I do? Because there's obviously class difference, but obviously she needs to support the suffragette movement. She's trying to study at Oxford. So this is the first in the series. It is really good. Um, as I said, if you love history, um, the author said did a lot of research about the first female students at Oxford, obviously the difficulty of being a woman at that time. Um, and there's actually three books so far. And they're actually um, the author is doing, she's got one more to come because there's four women in the series. Um, so yeah, that's bringing down the Duke, which is really good. Um, I will also mention, um, because uh, this writer is um, what we call one of the key romance writers, especially for historical romance, um, Lisa Claypass. Um, yeah. She's, oh, she even, <laughs> I, was gonna say I, I know her. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. She's definitely, if you like historical romance, you'll come across her. Um, so I've selected uh, actually one of her, I think, slightly underrated books, which is Lady Sophia's Lover. And it's the second in the Bow Street series. So she actually does a Bow Street Runners um, series. And the um, character, we have Sir Ross Cannon, who is a magistrate at Bow Street. Um, and then he has uh, the heroine, uh, Lady Sophia, who comes to London and tries to become his secretary. Um, and then basically hides a secret that she doesn't want Ross to find out. Um, but of course, the um, planets conspire and um, she ends up falling in love, <laughs> I say. But yeah, she's a great person. I, I absolutely love these two. They're a really um, great couple. Um, and there's a lot of exploration about boastry and obviously crime and stuff like that. Um, so that's a really good one. I'll also recommend uh, this next one is. So it's called An Extraordinary Union by Alyssa Cole. Um, this is actually one of my favorite romances, probably in my top five. Um, and it's actually set in the American Civil War. And it's uh, Elle Burns, who is a black freed woman. Um, but she returns to the South in disguise to slavery because she is actually a Pinkerton undercover agent trying to end the American Civil War. And um, she meets another undercover agent, Malcolm, who actually comes from Scotland. And um, they have to try and discover the plot to change the tide against the Confederacy. So if you want that bit of investigative slant, uh, this this is a great one. Um, it's just a really good story. It's, yes, it's a romance, but of course it deals with a lot of really serious issues um, in, in the Civil War. And Alyssa Cole, I, I like she's very uncompromising. So she's not giving a very rose tinted view. She really looks at both characters and how their relationship develops, because I think this is kind of because in romance, there's not a lot of civil war, obviously, because it's not really a great, <laughs> it's not an immediate <laughs> period, really, to want to do a romance. But the way that she handles it is really good. And it's really it, it is like very engrossing. But it's also quite emotional because, as I said, she really thinks about what would have happened at the time and and so again it's a really i think it's one of one of my favorite um romances uh definitely and then i will say um oh i just want to say um if you probably say heroines like eliza going against the grain 
Um, another author I really like is uh, Diana Quincy. She is um, an American author. Um, the one I've picked, but she has a series, uh, The Viscount Made Me Do It, because I have to put Viscount in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and this one I really like because it's about Hannah Zadin. So it's actually, um, this is a, a female harem, but she's also Middle Eastern, um, I think from Palestine. So obviously trying to get more diversity in historical romance. And she is a bone setter at the time in Victorian London. So it's about her trying to be uh, a bone setter in London and be able to work. Um, but she encounters a Viscount Griff. <laughs> okay. Um, and it's all about their relationship but it also talks about her being a bone setter and basically being taken seriously as a woman and how often that can be taken away how you weren't even sometimes being able to get you know being allowed to work and and stuff like that so I, I picked that one because I thought she's a really good um heroine and Sorry, um, just, just because yeah. I have no clue what is a bone setter a bone setter is basically somebody who set bones so if you broke oh. a bone like dislocated your <laughs> it, shoulder Ah. and um so she has like her practice but because she's obviously a woman and uh she's a middle eastern heritage she almost has two strikes against her um and so obviously she's not taken seriously by the medical establishment but also even sometimes amongst the public um so it's really interesting because yeah i learned a lot about bone setting which i hadn't before (laughs) 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 even like with miss scarlet you learn so many little things like little snippets of history that you're like oh i didn't know that Mm-hmm. um so yeah it's uh so it's i really like um so she's a great heroine she really is like no nonsense um as, as well um oh and grace calloway so she writes historical romance um a lot of it does have kind of a investigative glant um so the one i'm choosing which is called the duke who knew too much because i've got to mention a duke as well so. <laughs> Um, and this is the first in the heart of inquiry series um and it's uh, about emma who actually wants to try and be an investigative um or wants to open an agency um because her brother is actually working for the police and works in an in, in an investigation agency um but because obviously she's a woman um she's uh not taken seriously and then she ends up meeting the duke um alaric mcleod duke of strahaven i think i've hopefully um not too <laughs> and um so it, that's very much again he's she considers him arrogant she, he thinks she's very innocent but it's kind of very much like there's a back and forth um between them um so i really like um it's a bit of a it's one of those i read very quickly she's she's quite fun she definitely has an investigative slant um i would warn probably some people um grace calloway is at the moment well certainly a bit more steamy than the show so don't be no, it's spicy. It's a bit more spicy i would say yes, just spicy. like a preparation that's a great <laughs> um, description and, yeah kind of like a spicy investigation <laughs> spicy um but yeah um i would say probably one more it's not actually technically as much romance but there is one romance author, Sherry Thomas, who has actually written mystery and she has done the Lady Sherlock series. So she actually does imagine Sherlock and Watson um, as women. Um, so if you did want one that if you enjoy the investigation um, and don't want as much of the romance, um, you can also have that have that too. Um, so that's I think that's some of my picks to to get people started. 
Julio's, I think that's definitely excellent ones. Yeah, definitely a lot to um to look up out for. I think okay. the one that you mentioned with the Duke, the Duke, um, I forgot the title. Down the Duke. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I think that's the one that a lot of people assumed were was the book that uh, the series is based on, which is Miss Scarlet and the Duke is not based on a, a book series, but a lot of people assumed that it is. Mm-hmm. And then they Googled and that's the one that came up. So they thought, oh, mm-hmm. that's the book this series is based on, but it's not. I suppose they have a, maybe because of the suffragette link and obviously it's set in Victorian times. So that could be, um, and, I think, yeah, it's a recent release. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, to be fair, I think what, one thing about Remitz is you're often going through so many dukes and rakes. Mountains <laughs> 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 and cinnamon rolls. It's kind of, yeah. <laughs> I've lost count of how many dukes and earls and marquess and I, I still don't know which one is higher. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know I think if it's Duke or Earl. Duke is definitely higher. I think Duke's the highest, but I get confused yeah. if it's Viscount or Marquess. <laughs> yeah, if you British people don't know, we Americans surely don't know. <laughs> well, I always go by the royal family now because all all of them, like um, Prince William and and um, like all the siblings of um like the brothers of uh prince charles they're all dukes so i assume duke is something really high up and then i think only prince edward is an earl but that's only because he will be duke of edinburgh once the queen passes away i think I, yeah, I always, I, I forget with duke because also i think because in a lot of historical romance because it's always set at the regency so it I always hear Prince Regent. It's mm-hmm. like to be um, pr- or pr- Prinny. They always say Prinny was his. Was Prinny, his... yeah, yeah. So that always that always gets mentioned as well. So I was like, is it Prinny or is it after Prinny or Napoleon as well? Yeah. <laughs> well, that was a great list, and I can't wait to get to those. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's just the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> we'll have to have you make a whole document list to put for the group. <laughs> I actually googled um, the the German one that you mentioned, and now I'm confused because I don't know whether I should read it in German or English. So <laughs> I'm curious to see what it would be like in German because I know it's come out in German, I think French as well. I think she's had a couple of um uh translations so yeah it'd be interesting to see what you think of the german translations <laughs> so so is the german one the translation so does she write in english and then have it translated into german or does she write in german and then have it translated yeah. into english yeah actually writes in um, english uh yeah so it, it first came out in america and the uk and then and then it's been translated into german okay and, and then i'll is. then I'll, I'll read the english one because i hate translations oh okay huh. okay Georgina with season two what are you looking forward to I'm actually really looking forward to seeing all the characters back um because again actually with with romance uh something I, I I didn't mention before is the supporting characters are actually really important in in romance because normally because that's going to be the next book 
<laughs> um, <laughs> okay, which which character is going to be the, the the lead of the next book? Because um, mm-hmm. I like, I mean, I, I remember when Bridgerton and, and they announced, obviously Simon was not coming back, and everyone was like, ah, like it was a disaster. <laughs> yeah, um, and all the romance readers that I knew were like, well, it's fine because like each each every season the is the next book. Then, you know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so I'm really interested to see like uh, Moses, um, what's going to happen? Because I yes. I kind of wondering with Rachel did she hint at a possible love triangle I feel like maybe maybe I'm reading into it but there's kind of a bit of a between her there's definitely a connection between Eliza and Moses which I find really interesting um and I think again if if it was a book series Moses would definitely be getting a book (laughs) like that'd be one of the like he's getting a book I don't know when um and even actually I'd like to see like Mr Potts I'm actually really excited Mr Potts is back (laughs) because I just like the comedy um, I, th- I think they do, although it's c- considered like technically a drama, um, I think Miss Scarlet does comedy really, really well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I love the little elements and um, I hope they kind of run with that more in, in series two. And um, yeah, just to see actually more backstory. Um, I mean, I would like to see more of Eliza when she was young um, and also William as young. I'd like to see a flashback with William and kind of because we've heard hints of like his his childhood, but it would be really interesting to see like whether somebody comes from William's past or if somebody comes from Eliza's past. Um, it, yeah, I'd like to see more of the background of, of, of those characters too. But I'm, yeah, I'm really excited to see as well, maybe sort of some of the new characters. What's, is, you know, is William going to get a promotion or is Eliza going to really build on a detective agency? Um, or who's going to be the villain? Is there going to be a villain or a couple of villains? Mm-hmm. um so yeah there's a lot of things I'm, I'm really curious like what, what what the crew what the cast have, have planned actually for the next series mr potts and ivy i have to say it again <laughs> <laughs> i would love to nice between them as well particularly as there's not enough older characters in romance i think they because he's kind of so wound up and then ivy's kind of i feel very cool and calm and collected and that's kind of an opposite effect <laughs> yes i think he'd be quite nervy around ivy I think because she can be quite forthright and she mm-hmm. knows her own mind in a way. She's very be a bit flustered. And yeah, I'd, li- I'd like to see. Um, I'd even like to see, obviously, whether Tilly or even Hell he- Hildegard. I do like he's also. I like the way he just pops up mm-hmm. and goes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it was mm. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'd, I'd like to see um, what what happens uh, with them as well. And I suppose I'm forgetting. Because I know Rachel mentioned roughly the year, so I'm also curious if she, what kind of, is she going to incorporate any real history or any historical events? Um, because again, I think when you read especially historical romance, um, you kind of pick up bits of 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 history that they slip in. Um, so I mean, sometimes I learn a lot more about Napoleonic war battles than I ever thought I would. Yeah. Like, what is the Battle of of Battle of I was like, and they like. How'd you learn that? I was like, well, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd be really curious to see kind of what history she might incorporate um, this series as well, because I really like how she kind of slips in and it's not sort of obvious, but then it's or you kind of watch it and then after you're like, ah, like I didn't realize that. Um, so yeah, I'd like to see again what 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 she what has she looked at in history um, and some of the social themes as well, because again, I like mm-hmm. how yeah. Miss Scott, they really um incorporate uh 
kind of what 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 life was like for women at the time and I think it's really important because I think a lot of people sometimes still don't really realize how restrictive it could be um even no no matter what class you were like you had restrictions and Mm -hmm. and but to kind of show that you know there were women and men resisting them and kind of trying to break through them um I think is really important to show as well so um I'm hoping for that too yeah and and season one like all all these um social issues and especially for women the problems women had to face I kept nodding to it and go like yeah that's still like not as bad as back then but still kind of the case and you still have these problems so I thought that was really interesting to see that um yeah more than 100 years later 150 years later it's still an issue yes very relevant and like how much um I, I mean again being a woman um just how much uh even your your class, your background, how that determined. And I suppose we like to say to, oh, we can be anything. And I think it's a Miss Scott and you're like, that's still, you could really apply that to so many women today. Yeah. <laughs> it's like scarily accurate. And because you mentioned historical events, um, when the, uh, the first episode aired and they had, you know, the case with uh, Joseph Sims and then his wife presumably died on this ship accident on the Thames I thought like that sounds so familiar and they used that same um, accident on Ripper Street only they had it in a different year and Miss Scarlett and the Duke uh, used it in the right year so that was yeah one of those moments where you go oh I learned something from history that you usually wouldn't learn in, in in school in your history lessons and then yeah it comes up in two different shows <laughs> mm-hmm. oh yeah definitely I think I really love how it's such a great way to kind of learn about history and, and through it because I think history and it's funny because I, I I I loved history at school but I could understand for so many people it just it can come across as, as like being very dry um and I do think that you know like Miss Scarlett really almost makes it a way to to come alive and and yes okay there are some you say maybe modern twists but uh it's still you feel like that that period um although i like that miss scarlet has pockets i know that's meant to be a chef yes i don't think that was historically <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and i will never forget that uh comment i read um i think it was maybe on the, the pbs um facebook page that somebody said like linked a friend and they said oh have you seen the show it's really good and the friend was like, no, I haven't. Um, what's it about? And the other one said, the heroine has pockets in her dress. And then the friend <laughs> goes like, okay, I'm sold. I'm watching it. <laughs> I, I can believe that. I'm like, I love a pocket. Have my, like, why do they never have pockets? In- <laughs> so 100 years movie. later, there's no pockets in women's yeah. clothes. <laughs> Well, Georgina, it was amazing having you here to talk about the romance of Eliza and William. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to, as I said, I'm I'm looking forward to, I, I like Rachel, I think, likes likes to tease people. So I'm hoping, I mean, I, I think um, I'm really excited because um, obviously Rachel and also I think when Isabel did the panel um, and I had my question to Declan obviously the director on the first series and mm. 
it was really nice to see them kind of actually like, oh yeah, we we, we like the romance. We want to see it in a show because I think sometimes people go, eh, there's romance. And I think for me, it's not necessarily the romance that's bad. It's actually the writer and having people who respect the romance um, because I, I feel like I'm going to get, I'm not really into gangster movies. So if somebody asked me to write a gangster movie, it's really not going to be good because I don't, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't really follow it. And so I think it's it's really having somebody who like, can see like the oh romance you know it applies to so many people and if you do respect it, it it can actually be a big part of the show um which when it's not respected and then you see where it can go wrong um although I say this as a as a bitter sleepy hollow fan just as a <laughs> it can go wrong um, but yeah I'm, I'm excited uh because I'm excited to see um because a lot actually of some of my favorite romance authors um really enjoyed the show um miss scarlet so it was really exciting to see them tweeting about it and saying oh i'm watching it on pbs and uh, mentioning it as well so i hope um the series too hopefully it gets a good reception um as, as well both obviously around the world yes hopefully. Hear, hear. well thanks for joining us georgina we love you thanks for talking romance with us thank oh, you for your great. insight you. <laughs> yeah bye Bye. Bye. Bye bye. <laughs> well, guys, this is episode 12. It's been a year of the Scarlet Tears podcast. Yay. Um, Ooh. Time to celebrate. <laughs> yeah. I know. Where's the champagne? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pop the champagne. But before we pop the champagne, we got to get down to the nitty gritty. We do in our commercial break. Follow us on all the social media at Scarleteers. You can find us on Facebook at the Scarleteers. We have a Facebook page. We have a Facebook group. We have a Facebook page for the podcast with the Scarleteers podcast. You can find us anywhere. Chat at us. Talk to us. Tweet us. Instagram. Message us. We want to hear what you think about the podcast. We want to hear what you think about the group, the show. We want you to be part of the Scarleteers family. Um, So join us. Um, We have our website, which is scarleteers.wordpress.com. We have all sorts of stuff. We have the mistletoe berries, which came out in December around the holidays. And we got this flash fiction that came out today. Um, so to get you through the rest of the scar lull, which is June for the UK, a fall for the US, we're not sure about the rest of the world, but we will keep you updated. Just watch our website, our group, our social media. We will let you know. So ladies, can you believe 12? No. No. <laughs> It's still it's been feels, a ride. It still feels like it's brand new. Definitely, definitely. And there's still so many other things we can talk about. I yeah. know. We've not hit our end of our list of topics we can talk about. And this group of Scarleteers has just helped us push through the scar wall with just keeping the ideas open and chatting and talking through the whole thing, tweeting these fan fictions ideas for the podcast we couldn't do without you scarlet so 
thumbs up, finger guns to you guys. We appreciate you and all the love to you, Scarleteers. We appreciate and love you guys. Thanks. 100% agree. It's I, I love this little group that we've been able to create with so many people across so many different countries. Um, I never thought two years ago when I first watched Miss Scarlet and the Duke that that I would be chatting to so many different people about something that I love and you know doing the podcast has just been a real highlight during you know lockdown and COVID and hopefully my hope is that we we've brought everybody who's listening along on this little journey we've been able to bring you guys a little slice of of what maybe filming was like and and who the actors are and and just the encompass the love of the show um to share with everybody and here is to many 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 more podcasts because it's it's been amazing and I have thoroughly enjoyed it and and chatting with you ladies I, I my my hat goes off to you guys thank you so much for for bringing me on this ride with you no I feel like tearing uh-huh. up <laughs> getting a the microphone <laughs> um yeah I can only like what you guys said it's it's been such an amazing experience I mean it's now been almost three years that um I started this Facebook page called Scarleteers for a tv show that had just finished filming at the time and the reason why I started it was basically because I had this idea for a fan group name I had the idea well they could be called Scarleteers that would be fun (laughs) so um yeah I started this page and at first we had maybe 10 followers and now we have 2,000 and we have uh, almost 2,000 members in our group and we have followers on Twitter and Instagram and um like only a couple of days ago the company that does the soundtrack for um season one and now season two they had an article on their website and they said oh the scarleteers will be looking forward to this to the new series and the music and it was such a cool moment for me because I well had this idea for a name which is maybe not very creative but (laughs) it came from me and then to see it in this article was just wow (laughs) what have I created (laughs) (laughs) um so and and the podcast um really big thanks to amanda whose idea this podcast was like she's been bugging me for ages that we should do a podcast but we could never settle on a topic and then um we were in skalal and thought we should do something to keep people entertained during skalal and that was the birth of this scarleteers podcast and it's been such a pleasure and such an such a joy talking to both of you and um thank you to amanda for doing all the technical stuff um i mean she's she's the one who makes us sound really cool and great <laughs> and, and so professional <laughs> super professional yes <laughs> which we like spoiler alert we are always <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> And Lindsay is um, the one who comes up with most of the questions and 
knows all the names of all the characters. Yes, and it's just our Wikipedia of uh, Miss Scarlet. Yes, knowledge. I think that should be her <laughs> official title. Yes. I'll add that. I'll add that. Miss Scarlet Wikipedia. Yes. Yeah. And um, yeah, she's so gracious to allow us to ask the question that she comes up with. <laughs> it's a group effort. <laughs> So thank you to both of you for this podcast. And uh, also thank you to everybody who's been a guest on the podcast from um, our costume designer for season one, Leonie Prendergast, and um, to the actors who have joined us. And um, well, we have um, a few things lined up already for the future. Yeah. So um, roll on season two airing and then we can work on some plans. Yes, yeah. <laughs> definitely. So um yeah, thanks to everybody for um the work and the effort and thank you to the fans of course who have also joined us in the podcast and um who have kept the group alive and keep interacting on social media with us. So without you there wouldn't be any scholar tears would be just me being very lonely <laughs> in a Facebook page. <laughs> we'll keep you company, don't worry. Oh, yeah. thank you. <laughs> We're not going anywhere. Bye, guys. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank Bye. you. And tune in next time for another really great episode of the Scarlet Hills podcast. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Scarlet Tears podcast. Music by Kevin McLeod. Incomatech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribute 4.0, license HTTP colon forward slash forward slash creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by forward slash 4.0 forward slash.